I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. friends and welcome back to a brand new episode of the unbreakable you podcast it's meg here as always and we have a very important topic this week it was actually requested from one of our listeners and i received many requests back in september or october i think it was i can't quite remember so i have been slowly working my way through the requests and I saw this request come in and honestly it is such a important topic and something that um, I'm really passionate about talking about because today if you haven't read the title of this episode which I'm sure you have but today we are actually talking about preventing eating disorders in children So as someone who had an eating disorder at age 10, relapsed at age 15, and continued to struggle with eating disorders well into her 20s, I'm 32 now, fully recovered, but this topic is just so important to me. And also, I'm not sure if, I don't think everyone realizes this, but I actually work with teen clients and I I work with such a variety of different ages. I think right now I'm working with ages from like 15 into 60 years old. So I really do work with a very wide range of clients and ages and locations. You can be anywhere in the world to work with me. But honestly, I just absolutely love connecting with teens and it just honestly fills my heart when a mom reaches out to me to put her teen in contact with me and we start working together. Um, The reason I say it fills my heart is not because I love hearing that another teen is struggling with their relationship with food or their body, but it really fills my heart that I'm able to do this work and offer teen support that, and the type of support that I wish that I had when I was their age. So anyways, before we get into today's, like the meat and potatoes of today's episode, I just wanted to mentioned that I do work with teens. So, you know, if you're a mom listening to this episode and you resonate with what I say, the work that I do, and just like my overall approach to healing, um, and you have a daughter, because I do typically more so work with females, um, but if you have a teen that you feel would 
like my support or would benefit from my support, feel free to reach out to me. All of my contact info is in the show notes. So like I said, today we are talking about how to prevent eating disorders in children. Now, remember, I am everything that I talk about in this episode, I have several points. I actually have six points that we're going to work through, but you know, you can do all of these points and do everything in your power to support your teen and do everything you possibly can to prevent eating disorders in your child. But, you know, we live in a world where, and just life, like we can't fully ever prevent something from happening. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought that was important to name as well. We live in a world with social media and diet culture is a very real thing. And even if we're doing all of the things to prevent eating disorders in youth, we're still being like we're still living in this world that is so consumed with diet culture. So even if you're home and like their immediate circle is a place that is very supportive and doesn't condone like diet culture, we just live in a world where it's very in our face. It's very real no matter if we do all the things. So I thought it was important to talk about that as well. Um, But let's get to it. Like I said, I have like kind of six different things that I do want to talk about. So we got to get into it. So the first thing, and this will probably be like the most obvious one that I talk about today, but when it comes to preventing eating disorders in children, we really want to be modeling a healthy relationship with food. So if you are listening to this podcast episode as a mom, for an example, and let's say you have daughters of your own, this would be up to you to model a healthy relationship with food. So this actually might require you to look at your own relationship with food. And when I say this might require you to do that, it this really does require you to look at your own relationship with food and get curious about it. You know, if you feel like your relationship with food isn't totally healthy, this might be a ideal time for you to seek out the support for yourself so you can start modeling a healthy relationship with food in front of your children. So, you know, we can't model a healthy relationship with food if we actually don't have that for ourselves first. So this first piece really does require you to take a honest look at your relationship with food. So I would absolutely start there. And if your relationship with food isn't one that you would like to see your child having with food, then that's a pretty good idea that, you know, you 
could use that support in your own life so you can actually be able to model a healthy relationship with food for your children. So this is another piece that I would suggest is like getting curious of what type of relationship you would like to see your child have with food and making sure that you are able to model that. So for an example, if you would like to see your child eat when they're hungry and be really intuitive rather than rigid around food, for an example, but if you're not able to model that yourself, then that's that opportunity there to do that work for yourself so you can model these things that you want to see in your child, right? Because your child is going to be, I mean, they're always watching and you are, like if you are their main caregiver, they're looking to you and they're learning so much about their relationship with food from your relationship with food and we really do just like need to be models of these healthy relationships with food so something else that can really help here when it comes to modeling a healthy relationship with food would to actually be and I'm just assuming that most of you listening to this episode are like moms or caregivers of a child so something that could be helpful here is like reflecting on the relationship your mom or your caregiver had with food when you were growing up and this can actually be really insightful because you might be able to recall certain memories or just certain things that you remember seeing your mom do around food And maybe it was actually really helpful, right? Maybe it's a really positive memory about your mom or your caregiver and their relationship with food. But I know from the clients that I work with who have struggled with eating disorders and disordered eating, in most cases, the mom actually doesn't have or the caregiver actually doesn't have a very positive or you know healthy relationship with food so you might actually recall that in your own life too you might have memories of maybe things that your mom did that you think are like questionable now as an adult for an example so just recalling or reflecting on the relationship your mom or your caregiver had with food while you were growing up and just getting curious about this and kind of like asking yourself or taking a step back and seeing what you can learn from the relationship between your caregiver and food, like how that impacted you, right? Because if there was a lot of disordered behaviors being modeled, for an example, when we're talking about preventing eating disorders in children, we don't want to be passing on those behaviors to our children. 
So the next thing that we want to look at when we're talking about preventing eating disorders in children is modeling a healthy relationship with our bodies. This is just as important as the food piece, right? So the reason I say that is many eating disorders actually like stem from a place of manipulating food and like food choices to control body appearance. So let's say a child is growing up with a mom who's constantly making all of these really negative comments about her body like, oh, mom can't eat that because she needs to lose X amount of weight or whatever, right? It could just be like, oh, I need to lose weight so I can fit into these jeans again. Or, oh, mommy feels really fat today. Or making any sort of like body shaming or negative body comments is not going to be supportive for your child's relationship with food and also themselves. And when it comes to eating disorders, it's like all tangled up, right? It's not about the food. It's about all of these other things. So, you know, I talked about food first because obviously we want to be modeling a healthy relationship with food to our children. That's kind of like that first piece. But as someone who works with clients who are moving through eating disorders or disordered eating, recovery, it's never actually about the food. And I can also speak to that from like a personal experience too, right? For me, it was very much about my body and not feeling comfortable in my body. And so as a mom or a caregiver, we really want to make sure that we are modeling a healthy relationship with our bodies so our children can see that being modeled. Because if we grow up, if the child grows up in an environment where they're not witnessing this healthy relationship, it is going to be so hard for them to grow up in this world with a healthy relationship with their body and that directly impacts like the risk of developing an eating disorder absolutely like I don't have stats or like concrete facts on that but that is like we need to have a healthy relationship with our body and model that for our children to support this prevention in eating disorders. So another time to reflect on like, what kind of relationship do you want your child to have with their body, right? Do you want your child to be too shy or too scared or too uncomfortable to put on a swimsuit and go swimming with her friends? right? Is that the type of relationship that you want to see your child having with their body? And that's just one example. Or do you want to witness your child speaking to their body in a unkind way, 
making comments about their weight or making just negative body shaming comments towards themselves. If that's not something that you want to witness in your child, that's also not something that you want to be demonstrating to them, right? It's very much about modeling a healthy relationship with your body. So your child can witness what that's like. Um, Another opportunity here to also reflect back on maybe your childhood and what your mom's or your caregiver's relationship was with their body. And once again, just like we did with the food, you know, were there certain things that your mom or your caregiver did that really stuck with you in a positive way? right? Like maybe they never talked badly about their body. Maybe they really embraced exactly how their body looked. Maybe there was something very specific that they did that was so positive that it still sticks with you today. You want to be modeling those things, right? But maybe there's things that stick out to you that weren't very positive about your mom or your caregiver's relationship with their body. And we can learn from these things, right? Like if your mom or your caregiver was constantly on a diet or constantly harping on her body shape size or even comparing herself to other women, for an example, right? And those are the things that you remember. Those are the things we don't want to be carrying into our relationship and demonstrating those to our children. So the third thing here is modeling a healthy relationship with fitness. Now, I think in my opinion, like this ties into the last two pieces. It ties into the food, having a healthy relationship and modeling a healthy relationship with food and also modeling a healthy relationship with your body. But the reason why I wanted to bring in fitness here is because I think it's a really important piece, especially when individuals who struggle with eating disorders, there's often a other like component or like an obsession with fitness and exercise and burning calories for an example. And so we want to be modeling a healthy relationship with food. We want to be modeling a healthy relationship with our body. And we also want to be modeling a healthy relationship with fitness. So once again, this is an opportunity for you to get really curious about your relationship with fitness and how is that relationship, right? Like, are you obsessed about going to the gym? Are you able to take time off from the gym or wherever you do your workouts? Obviously, moving your body is like our bodies are meant to move, but we don't need to have this disordered relationship with fitness. We can have a disordered relationship with food and we can have a disordered relationship with our body and we can also have a disordered relationship with fitness. And if we have a disordered relationship with any of those things, 
that is not supporting this prevention of eating disorders in children. So once again, if you have a funky or obsessive or disordered relationship with fitness, food, or your body image, that is the perfect place to start when it comes to preventing eating disorders in children. You want to work on your own stuff so you are able to actually model a healthy relationship for your child or whoever it is in your life that you want to prevent having an eating disorder in the future. So those three things were all kind of related, but all super important. Um, this next one is, it might actually surprise some of you. So from my personal experience and my professional experience working with women from all over the world, I see a trend of when girls or young teens start to struggle with their relationship with food at their body. And for me, and like I said, many of my clients, this often starts to happen around puberty when our bodies start to change. Now, eating disorders in many cases are a response to trauma. So when when we look at trauma and actually understand what trauma is, okay, it's not the event, so I'm not saying that puberty's traumatic, right? But a trauma is not the event itself, but how it actually impacts a person's nervous system. So it's the impact of the event. Trauma is the impact, not the event itself. So for many of us who went through puberty, for many of us, it felt extremely like out of control and very fast and confusing. And that's really what a trauma is. It's anything that happens like too fast, too soon, or too much for the nervous system. And also a thing where maybe we didn't get the support we needed in order to move through whatever it was that was happening, okay? So this is why I wanted to talk about when it comes to supporting children in preventing eating disorders, okay? We want to make sure that we're supporting the child through puberty because this this is a very confusing time in a child's life. I'm sure you could even reflect back on your own experience through puberty. I think it's a very small percentage of people that look forward to going through puberty. Like I don't think I know a single person personally that was so excited to move through puberty, but through my time in like the online health and wellness space I know these people exist there are people who were like so pumped to go through puberty and like get boobs and get their period and all the things okay I wasn't one of those people and every single client 
I've worked with who, you know, they and I have explored this topic together. That was also not the case for them. It was a very confusing time. It felt like a time that they weren't prepared for. It felt a time like a time that just happened so soon and so quickly. And like I said before, a trauma isn't the event itself, but it's the impact that the event has on us. And so this is why I personally think when it comes to preventing eating disorders in children, we have to make sure that they are fully supported when they are moving through puberty. And because it's just a time in our lives where things just happen so quickly. And if I think about that time in my life, like I I know I didn't fully like understand everything that was happening to my body and why. Like for an example, for many girls, they start to notice some more weight being put on, right? We're growing boobs and all of a sudden, maybe we're not like super, super thin like we were as children, if we were thin as children, but like maybe we start to get some thighs and a butt and a belly, right? And all of these things. And if we don't understand like what's happening, we can feel very uncomfortable, very confused, and we might want to stop that from happening. And there's where like an opportunity for an eating disorder to come in. Like I said, in many cases, an eating disorder is like the result of something that feels like a trauma to the nervous system okay so supporting the child through puberty and what that can look like is like sitting down with them and making sure they feel fully supported and learning about the body together, learning about these changes together, making sure they know exactly what's happening asking all the questions together. And honestly, while I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about my friend, Megan. She has a puberty course for mothers and daughters. I had her on the podcast before and I'll link her course up in the show notes. But when I had her on the podcast, I told her, I really do think that like her course is so brilliant. I Like, honestly, I wish I came up with the idea because it is so brilliant, but you know, Mayan's doing amazing things and I just think it's such a incredible course to offer, but like have in your life to support your child in going through puberty just so she or they can understand like the... The course that Megan has is actually really geared to girls because they talk about boobs and periods and all the things, but those are the topics we need to be having. I remember when I was going through puberty, like I had a book, you know, I flipped through the book, but I wasn't really like fully understanding of all the things that was going to happen to me. And also it felt scary, right? So when we talk about supporting the child through puberty, making sure that their emotions feel supported too. It's not just about 
information, but if they feel scared, supporting them and working through that as well. And that really brings us to my next point here, but supporting a child with their emotional health because eating disorders and disordered behaviors around food are often a management strategy or they are a management strategy, at least at one point. So a management strategy is any behavior that supports the system in not feeling more uncomfortable. So for an example, we might notice that there's like discomfort happening in the body and then it's like, oh no, oh no, oh no, I don't want to feel this. So then we go and do something, right? So basically like anything can be a management strategy, but for many, we turn to food and that can look in a variety of different ways. Everything from anorexia to bulimia to binge eating, etc., etc., obsessing about food, orthorexia. Okay, so these disordered behaviors around food are often a management strategy to relieve the system from experiencing more discomfort. Okay, so this is why supporting the child before any issues with food happen at all okay but really supporting them with their emotional health so they know how to work with their emotions work through their emotions so they don't feel overwhelmed by any of these emotions that we experience as humans, like we are going to experience them, but growing up and being in those like early teenage years, right? We're experiencing so many emotions and we often don't know what to do with them. They feel so incredibly big. And so as a parent or caregiver, that's really where we need to start at like a early age supporting the child with their emotional health and showing them how to move through those emotions as well and we were talking about modeling healthy behaviors with food or healthy relationships with food healthy relationships with our body healthy relationships with fitness and also this is where Even with our emotional health, as a parent or caregiver, we need to be modeling a healthy relationship with our emotions as well, right? So this is another opportunity for you to look inward and get curious about, okay, what's my emotions like, right? Like, do I know how to support myself when I feel anxious? Do I know how to support myself when I feel stressed or depressed or whatever the emotion is, right? And if those aren't things that you know how to do, then, like I said, this is just a huge opportunity for you to turn inward, get the support that you need, so you actually can be that model for your child. Um, Last thing, and this is obviously super important, but making sure you and whoever it is in your life that you're wanting to support in not having an eating disorder, so 
you're wanting to prevent eating disorders, whether that's your child or whatever, um, making sure that they know that there's open and honest communication always available between the two of you, okay? Because if it doesn't feel like a safe space, um, they might not feel comfortable to turn to you about these huge emotions that they're having. And it might not mean that like they don't feel safe with you, but honestly, sometimes it's like, they don't want to go to their mom or their dad to talk about body image issues or thoughts they're having about food. Like it can feel a little embarrassing. They might have some shame coming up around that. They might be having some guilt come up around that and embarrassment, shame, guilt. Those are really, those can be really uncomfortable feelings for anyone to experience and we kind of like do anything we can to avoid them so what I'm suggesting here is you and the child having a open and honest place for communication and it's something that both you and the child are like always utilizing like there's always this kind of open and honest communication between the two of you making sure that there's this safe space. And even though as much as we do that, and even though if it's like very much there, like I said, there's some things where the child might just be like, nah, don't want to talk about mom, don't want to talk to mom about that. And so they keep it bottled in. Don't talk to anyone about that. And Sometimes it can be really supportive or I have seen that it can be really supportive just to have like a safe space outside of mom and dad to talk about these things with. And honestly, I, I've seen that with a lot of my clients that I work with, like teen clients, right? It's, um, I, I love my teen clients so much and I really do think our sessions are just like this safe space to open up and explore these topics together with someone that isn't mom and dad because honestly that is really helpful um, in many situations so I hope this podcast episode was helpful and you enjoyed it I definitely enjoyed recording this for you like I said this is one of my all-time favorite topics to talk about anything eating disorders or recovery related of course but I think there are a lot of things that we can do in prevention of eating disorders whether that is you know you doing your own work so for an example maybe listening to this podcast episode you're like wow I definitely have some stuff to work through around food and my body, you know, like, and I want kids someday. So now would be an amazing time to start and just know that I work with people exactly like that, who are wanting to improve their relationship with food and their body prior to having children. So I work with individuals who have those types of goals, but also 
if you do have a child and you're wanting a safe space for them to be held and supported through their lives as teenagers, I also work with um, teens. And as I said many times already, I love my teen clients so much. So like I said, hope this episode was helpful. I do have spots open right now. I opened up more spots for one-on-one clients in my calendar. I opened up another full day. I used to just see clients um, three days a week and I just got to a point where I needed to spread out my clients a little bit more. So now I'm seeing clients four days a week. So I do have more spots available on my calendar. And if the work that I do speaks to you, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to support you or your child, your teen in their journey. So just know I'm always here for you. And my contact info is in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode. (music) 